Hello, it's Josephine Langcuber here, your performing arts business coach, speaker, talent manager, and mentor. And today we are going to talk about setting boundaries in your business. Now, this is a conversation that I see coming up a lot uh, amongst studio owners and in business generally, personally, my goodness, when don't we need to set a boundary, right? Uh, I think there's definitely a way that you can be professional about it, that you can be kind about it, but you still need to do it. So uh, let's talk about what those areas are which may require those boundaries. Uh, and that could be anything from money-related, communication, and more. Uh, and then we'll talk about how maybe we overcome it. And I'm also going to share with you what I do in my business so that you can understand that, you know, you're not alone, that we all go through this and that there are different strategies and techniques that can be used to overcome feeling bound by people not respecting your boundaries. Okay. I could go on and on about this, but let's dive into the show. Before we do though, I just wanted to mention, cause I'm so excited. Oh, so excited. Uh, the doors to my course, Talent Manager Bootcamp, are about to open. Uh, you may have heard this on other episodes in the last couple of weeks. I just love this so much because it is a really unique course uh, that teaches studio owners how to manage talent within their studio and actually create a, an additional service within their walls. So uh, it could be that you're representing them in television, film, theatre, commercial, and all that jazz. Uh, you know, it's an extra revenue stream, but it's also so fantastic for your students. So if you're interested in Talent Manager Bootcamp, the doors are going to be opening, uh, oh gosh, just in a few days from now. So jump on the wait list. I'll pop the link in the show notes. That's josephinelanecubitt.com forward slash TMB. Now I'm also hosting a free webinar on the topic of how to create a talent management service within your studio. And I'm going to give you all my goodies there. Uh, it's totally free. I'm going to let you know how you can do it and actually give you some, it's not just, you know, waffling on. This is like real stuff. Like I'm going to give you where to find the auditions, the seven key revenue streams and more. So if you're interested in that, um, I'll also pop that link in the show notes and that's josephinelanecuba.com forward slash webinar four. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's do it. Let's kick into the show. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz.
friends. Welcome to Business Arts and All That Jazz, right? Got my jazz hands rattling out for you. Look, we're going to talk about boundaries because I think this is so important. And gosh, do we let people walk all over us uh, sometimes in business? I think that we do get better over time. And I think, and you know, some people like kudos to you if you've opened your doors recently and you're like, yep, set my boundaries. I'm all over it. Uh, unfortunately for most of us, uh, that's taken us a long time. It took me definitely nearly a decade to master it. And, and look, I'm still learning. Um, you know, there's always someone, always a customer that's going to push your boundaries, uh, without a doubt. But I like to think that for the most part that I do respect my personal boundaries and my business boundaries. Um, now let's tap into some of the topics where boundaries may be crossed. Uh, one of them is definitely around money. So it could be that the boundary is around refunds. So this could be a policy that you might have in place and you're constantly bending the rules. For example, uh, a couple of years ago, we introduced direct debit and we said direct debit is the only way to pay. Now, obviously, there was a handful of, most people were cool with it, really, uh, but there was you know, a handful of people that weren't. And they're like, no, we've always paid you in, you know, via an invoice and tra- online transfer. So when we moved over to direct debit, they wanted to not opt into that. Now, to be fair, those people were usually the bad payers that always paid late anyway. And that the reason why we were creating the direct debit system in the first place, to be honest. Um, so, you know, is that the kind of customer you want anyway? So, you know, you have to weigh that sort of stuff up. But essentially, uh, a couple of them, we we did allow a little bit. Look, I bent my boundaries at the time for just a couple of people because it was a transitional thing and I didn't want to lose clients at the time. But then every new client that came through the door, the rule was set. There is, no, there is no other way to pay. That is it, direct debit. Now, the only thing we did introduce was people that said, no, I will not do it, but we really want to do the program. We said, okay, no worries. If you pay up two terms up front, so for us, it's like five to six months. If you pay two terms up front um, via EFT, then that's okay. So we had like one or two people that opted into that. Um, and that's fine because we got paid up front, so who cares, right? So uh, that, that's totally cool. We were okay with that. The only thing is we are not okay with bending our policy for anything else. So you're either on direct debit or you're paying up front for a good chunk, not just a month, not just a couple of weeks. We're not chasing you. It's half the year because otherwise we're in the same predicament. Um, And yeah, chasing bad debtors became almost a part-time job in our business. More than 50% of people were paying late. Uh, And so then when we moved to direct debit, we now only have about 2% to 5% bounce back rate uh, versus what was over 50% late payers. So it's just brilliant. And yeah, that's, uh, I'm not going to go on about direct debit, but I guess having those boundaries set and being really strict on them has been wonderful. Another thing that we're pretty um, firm on is our pricing model. So when people, you know, maybe get their back up about price and that doesn't happen often, 
but occasionally it does. Uh, I did, I, I have said before to someone who said it at one of the trials, a parent said, oh, that's expensive. I said, look, we don't claim to be the cheapest, but we do claim to be the best. <laughs> they didn't really have much to say to that. They didn't enroll. That's okay. They're not my ideal client. They can't afford us. That is totally okay. If I choose to give someone a scholarship, that's my choice as a studio owner, and I will only do that in exceptional circumstances. I do not do that just because someone says they can't afford it. Okay. So, you know, I, I think it's important to really back your pricing and have a boundary around that communication as well. And also ensure that your team is clear on your pricing model and, and what you stand for and, and making sure that they back your prices too. Uh, so that, that's very important, okay? We stand behind it. We don't bend on price. We don't discount anyone. That's our boundary. We need this many dollars to make this work in our business. And I'm sorry if that doesn't work for you, then we can replace the spot. And like some people might say, oh, no, 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 that won't work for me. I'm in a regional town or we don't have many clients or, I can't, you know, we're in a, you know, a low socioeconomic um, demographic area and that won't work. I'm telling you, if you, you know, that person can't, if they just sign up at the local gym, they can't walk in unless they, when they swipe their card, unless it's up to date. That's just the way it is. Why is it any different with you? Just you need to change your mindset around money and your, your boundaries and policies around payments. So um, that could also be in relation to refunding. So if you have policies in place, for example, we have a 30-day exit policy. Now, some people go, whoa, 30 days, that, that's a lot. Like we're a month-by-month -month service. So we're a monthly, uh, we, we charge monthly. In our studio, we no longer charge by term, we charge monthly, and we're a 30-day exit policy. So uh, the reason we do that is because it just makes sense for us. Um, people are allowed to use our services in that last 30 days. So if they say they're exiting, then we'll go, that's cool. You're still allowed to come to classes, blah, 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 up until this date. Okay, so it's prorated across the year, and, and that makes sense for us. But, yeah, we're very firm on that. We don't bend on that. And... That's our boundary. Our boundary is that we, we value our price, we value our service, we value our expertise, our time. This is our price. This is the way you need to pay in order to engage with us. This is how we operate, okay? Now, obviously, there are some things where you need to bend the rules. And the only time I've really bent the rules is in extreme circumstances. For example, um, sadly, you know, um, one of the parents passed away of one of our, of our students and they, they cancelled their membership with us. I'm not going to charge them an exit fee. Like that's just, you know, obviously there's room for compassion. There's room for different circumstances require a different outcome but if it's just based on general affordability and whatnot it's generally a no because everyone will give you that sob story can't afford it da 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 but then they've just gone and signed up to swimming lessons and netball 
And so you've got to really think about it because people will tell you whatever they want to tell you to get out of paying you what they need to pay you. Set your policies in place. Have a boundary around that of what you're willing to accept and what you're not. Communicate that boundary not only to your team but to your clients. Make sure that there's terms and conditions around payment and that's, that's that. You might hear, oh, it sounds like sirens are in the background there. Hopefully everyone's okay. Um, okay, so that's sort of a money, touching on the money boundaries that we have in place in my studio business. Um, as for communication, communication is a big one when it comes to boundaries. So for us, uh, or for me, for us, our team, well, there's two types of communication, isn't there, in a, in a business scenario. There's the communication you have with team, then there's the communication you have with clients, right? So I've said it before, I believe in another show, I have a separate phone. Uh, we have a, you know, a business phone versus a personal phone. And please do not be texting your clients at 10 o'clock at night off your personal phone uh, unless you have overseas clients because you're, you're setting a precedent on the lack of boundaries around your communication, okay? So you don't need to be reactive. You do not need to be reactive to text messages and emails and phone calls. Just because they contacted you doesn't mean you, they have to have a response from you within 30 seconds or a minute, okay? Be really clear about how you want to communicate with people. Um, as you know, I'm a studio owner, but I'm also a talent manager. And I once had a teenage um, message, my phone, it was actually my personal phone because I had it prior to, this was ages ago. I had it prior to me when I, before I transitioned over to my own private phone. And she messaged me at 10.30 at night about an audition. Look, she was really stressed. So I decided to answer her because she was only 15. But then I said afterwards, please note, I do not typically respond to work messages at 10 p after, you know, you know, 5 p.m. or whatever. And um, from now on, if you could please refer to email or contacting me between these hours. She apologised. She said thank you for the help and she didn't do it again. Look, you can be clear about what your boundary is. You can be professional, polite and caring. It doesn't have to be a mean thing. I, I would love for you to have that boundary. So a simple implementation could be having two separate phones. It could be clearly communicating your hours on those different portals. <clears throat> um, for us, uh, we've got a part-time customer experience manager, lovely Onyx. She works in our office um, remotely and she only works Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So on the voicemail of the work phone that she has, it will say, and on her email signature, this phone or this line, whatever, is only being, um, is only in operation on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. So, so please do not expect a response on those in-between days. That's it. So it's just about saying, look, this is the situation. This is the resources we have. We're communicating that to you. This is what we can do. So if they get it, if they call on Thursday and they leave a voicemail and they heard that that's what the deal is, they're not going to be angry going, you didn't call me back today because we clearly communicated what our communication boundaries are. This is what we're able to do. This is what we do do. This is what we don't do. Uh, this really is also um, 
relatable to social media and social media can be a beast when it comes to breaking your own personal boundaries. So let's say you've decided that your boundary is on Sundays, I do not, I don't work. Let's just make that up. On Sundays, I don't work. I don't look at emails. I don't answer calls. I don't answer texts. I don't respond to Facebook. But then you've got a client who on your Facebook group messages and says, I need to know what costume I'm wearing, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, I could respond to that. I could break my own boundaries or I could not, right? So I would say don't. I would say don't be reactive. They're not going to, you know, they're not, they're going to survive, put it that way. They're going to survive even if you respond the next day. Now, it's important to mention in your, if you have a Facebook group or whatever community you use, if there's an area where you can put a note um, that is pinned to the top of the group that says, you know, this, you know, we only respond to communication between these hours, please lean on each other as a community to help and support each other. Um, maybe it's that you, that you don't want them to tag you. Maybe you need to um, not allow tagging, for instance, like, you know, disconnect that option on your social media so that people can't tag you all the time. Things like that. So it's just about being really clear on how you want to operate and how you want to be communicated with, right? And then you've got to let the people know because there's no point being upset about it if they didn't know, right? People only respect your boundaries as much as you respect them for yourself. That's what I've come to realize. There is no limit when people have no respect for your boundaries, uh, when you don't rather have it for yourself, then they don't care either. Why should they? Why should they? You know? So anyway, there's that, right? Okay, so we talked about the two types of communication. So that was very client-based, but then there's also the communication with team. Team is a separate thing, right? So you want to be clear on that as well. So for example, with team, I'm also, I'm also very clear that I do not respond to messages after this time. I don't respond. If it's also, if they keep texting me all this information, I prefer email over text. If it's urgent, text me like, I am sick. I cannot come in. Fine. But if it's just like, hey, um, here's my superannuation information. I've just updated it. Oh, here's my whatever, my insurance details, blah, blah, Do not text that to me. That doesn't work for me. I prefer email because text gets lost in the feed and I forget that it's there. Whereas email, I have a filing system. I snooze things to the date that I need them. Email works for me. So whenever someone texts from a team member, texts me something that is not something that I'm going to retain in a text message, I literally say, hey, team member XYZ, thank you for sending that through. However, I prefer email for this, for correspondence and important information. Can you resend this to my email address, please? And just for future note, um, yeah, just, just email me unless it's absolutely urgent. So that is what we do. Now, in our team training meetings, I also communicate how important it is to respect each other's boundaries for teams. So, for example, we have a team choreographer, and if you have questions around that, she does accept calls from other team members. However, we've been very clear, do not 
message her all you know on the weekends all all day round every minute every hour of the day like don't do it so you know being an advocate for your team members boundaries as well as their leader is also something to consider so i guess the key here is you know when it comes to boundaries what do you want from your business what what is the thing that's going to light you up Is it that you want to spend more time with your family or every Thursday you want to go bungee jumping? Like I'm making it up, but you get my point. If these are your lifestyle values, make sure that your business is working for you and you're not working for it. I'm not saying business isn't work. It's work. Like let's not sugarcoat it. I, I think people that say, oh, only work one hour a day and you'll be happy forever. I mean, come on, let's be honest. No, there's work to be done, but that doesn't mean that you can't set boundaries around the lifestyle that you want. So the first thing is to decide what you want from your business, how you want it to operate in a way that's going to be less stressful for you and, you know, make it easier for you, essentially. And then you need to think, okay, so this is what I want. You know, I want to have family day on Sundays. I want to go bungee jumping on Thursdays, right? Um, By the way, I've never jumped off a cliff. I've never bungee jumped and nor would I ever. I'd rather jump out of a plane tandem strapped to somebody than bungee jump. That's just how I feel, Um, though I've never done either. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, decide what you want, then move into the next piece of this, which is, you know, how can I achieve that? So what are some, some rules, some boundaries I can set in place? that would help me achieve what I, what I want from this business. And then implement, communicate. People cannot read your mind, okay? Tell the people. I mean, it could be that you don't want parents to sit in your classes at the studio and there's this one parent who always does it and yada, yada, but you've never communicated that you don't, you've never told them, you've never been brave enough to stand up in your power and say, hi, we actually have a drop and go policy. The reason we have that is because we think it's of a benefit to the child because it becomes a distraction when a parent's in the space and it can also, you know, intimidate other children in the room. Um, So we feel it would be best if you could sit outside, please. Thank you. That's it. Empower your team to do the same. It's okay to say it. Now, I'm not saying that drop and go is the best thing, by the way. Everyone has their own way of being. We personally at my studio have an open door policy. So parents are allowed to stay, um, but we encourage drop and go. So that's what we say. When parents say, oh, should I stay? I say, look, we actually do encourage drop and go. We have an open door policy uh, should you need to come inside. However, we think it's best when parents do exit the room. But if your child is distressed, for any reason, of course, you know, we're not going to ban you from the space, but that's, that's our preferred policy. And we just communicate it. And that's it. It's really easy. You know, you just got to be brave enough to, to do it, I think. And that's the key. So boundaries are easy when you're, um, when you're clear within yourself of what you want and need from your business. When your team is on board and you communicate that with your team, so we're all on board with these boundaries that we've set. And when you communicate them clearly to your clients, 
doesn't have to be done aggressively, angrily, or any of the above. It just needs to be done with care, with professionalism, and with honesty, you know? Um, and, and I think that's fair and reasonable. Even just, you know, we have a quota on how many students we need to be viable to run a class. Recently, one of our classes we decided to let go of because the numbers weren't there. And we had a couple of disappointed people. Now, I could have run it for them at a break even just for the sake of it. But to be honest, that wasn't of a benefit to our business. That was crossing a financial boundary. That was crossing a time boundary of how I want to invest my time, how I want to invest my money, how I want to use my team resources. So, you know, we just were honest. We didn't reach the quota we need to make this class a possibility to run at this time. We're very sorry that we couldn't, you know, run that for you. However, here are some other options and uh, let us know how you want to move forward. And if we lose the student, we lose the student. It's just not a boundary I'm willing to cross, which is to go into the red for something that, you know, I just really just don't want to, I just don't want to spend my money on. And so just be clear about what you want. This is what I mean about being clear about what you want personally for yourself and your business, because then it's easier to set those boundaries and it's easier to, to back yourself and stand by them when you really understand why those boundaries are in place. I'm not going to run that class because I want to spend more time with my family. I want to have more money for my family and I want to, you know, cherish my resources, which is my team and the teachers and everything and the administration that goes into making that that program possible to really make sure that their time is spent elsewhere on more profitable, enjoyable and, you know, more thriving programs. That's how I want to operate. So I have to let people down in order to do that. Again, with compassion, with kindness, with professionalism, you know. But anyway, I hope that helps with boundary setting. Um, and I hope that, you know, you implement that. So let me ask you a question, and this is something you can go away and work on. What is something in your business that is really driving you bonkers at the moment or that you're unhappy with? And what is a boundary that you can put in place that is going to make it easier for you? So think of even just one thing right now that you're not happy with. What could you do to make it easier? And then I want you to put it in place this week and I want you to communicate it to whoever you need to, whether that be team, whether that be customers, students, whatever. What is the boundary? You know, the boundary, it could be students in class. It could be uniform. Uh, it could be anything. What's the boundary that you want to put in place? And do it. Go for it. Back yourself, okay? Try it. See what happens. See what happens, okay? Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, because uh, you know I love to share the love, <laughs> the Doors to Talent Manager Bootcamp are opening soon. So I'm going to be running that free webinar on how to create your talent management service within your studio. If there's anything I know for sure, it's that having a talent management service has really helped keep my boundaries in place because when you provide great opportunities like you know professional work on screen and on stage for your students 
you're able to have more industry credibility and you will see a level of respect rise for you within your service because people will go, oh, that person's, you know, she's, she's a studio owner, but she's also doing this, which is pretty magic for my kid. Or the opportunity there is pretty amazing. So we're going to pay them on time and we're also going to treat them with respect. And if they have a boundary in place, yeah, I don't want to step on their toes. Like I want to make sure that I'm listening to them and, and have the utmost respect for them. You'd be surprised on how having talent management within your space and you becoming the talent manager within your studio can increase your industry credibility and hopefully help you overcome those boundary challenges uh, that you might be facing. So look, I'd love to see you at the free webinar. It is being recorded. So for any reason you can't attend live, watch the playback. Of course, I encourage live attendance uh, where possible. I think you'll always get more out of it. But, you know, if you have to watch the replay, whatever, you know, better to register and get that information than not and explore this potential additional revenue stream. Because I'd love you to increase your student retention this year, increase your revenue and increase your industry credibility. So head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash webinar four. Link is in the show notes. Ta-da! All right. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.